0: that you can do it in a way that is right for you and feel inspired, organized, calm and in control. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the With Flow podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting with my friend Jess from Charting with Jess. Jess is a certified fertility awareness instructor with the Natural Family Planning Teachers Association of the United Kingdom. Jess teaches women how to quit hormonal birth control and instead use a natural method of contraception. Jess, like me, is obsessed with women's hormones, and she likes to help women from all walks of life see the amazing changes that can happen once they quit hormonal birth control. Jess understands that it can be overwhelming when you're first discovering this information, and she ensures her clients feel supported, empowered, safe, and secure when learning this method. Jess works with her clients to have a deeper understanding of not only their menstrual cycles, but also how these cyclical hormonal changes, which you know, we're all about this on this podcast, affect your physical, mental, emotional health and well-being every single month. Jess is based in Melbourne, Australia, but she works with clients online all around the world. And I'm so excited to bring this chat to you this episode, we're chatting all about the fertility awareness method, which is a natural form of contraception, and how you can start charting your cycle to identify your fertile window to either avoid conception and pregnancy or in order to conceive. So let's jump into the chat. Jess, welcome to the Withflow podcast. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to be chatting to you today all about the fertility awareness method because it's one of those topics that we wish we were taught about when we were young and going through puberty and getting our periods and understanding actually how our body works and that we're not actually fertile and can't get pregnant every single day of the month and all of that good stuff. So I'm really excited to chat to you and learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, thank you. So let's just start for people who might be listening and they have no idea what the fertility awareness method is all
1: about. Can you maybe just give us a brief introduction to it? Yeah. So fertility charting is basically charting your menstrual cycle from the start of your period until the next period. And then you also can track your temperature. And then another biomarker that you can track is your cervical mucus. So that's the main method. Obviously, there's uh, different methods that fall under fertility awareness. So the method that I practice and teach is the symptothermal method, which is taking your temperature every morning and then also tracking your cervical mucus.
0: What is your story? How did you first come about fertility awareness and decide to start practicing it?
1: Yeah, it's a funny story. I was, It was just as if it fell into my lap because I was laying in bed on a Saturday morning, as you do at 11am, still in bed, scrolling on social media. And I saw an email come through from a health coach that I follow. And she was talking about fertility awareness. And she was saying it's a natural birth control. And I was like, wait, what did you say? What did you what did I just read? Because I was on the pill at the time, and I didn't like to be on the pill. I just knew that it wasn't right. And I started Googling what fertility awareness was and I started to see the method. I came across a Facebook group and I started to research what it was all about. So I thought I could do this. I could take my temperature. I, uh, what cervical mucus? I, like I always noticed that there was discharge, which is what people not commonly know it as. I just knew that there had to be a different, there had to be a different mucus because I would always see it. So I researched it and the first thing I did was go and buy a thermometer. And the other thing is that you need to get a thermometer that is to uh, 0.2 degrees decimals. And I just got a regular fever thermometer and I didn't know at the time. So I started to take my temperature and I was like, why are my temperatures the exact same every single day? And this probably went on for a cycle or two until I posted in the Facebook group and they told me that I need a proper thermometer to 0.2 decimals. So I went and got the correct thermometer after that.
0: I never knew what a a BBT thermometer was (laughs) until I started charting my cycle. Oh, that's a thing. That's different.
1: Yeah, people just think, can I just use the thermometer that I have in my drawer in my medicine cabinet?
0: So you obviously started practicing fertility awareness. How long was it before you decided that you not only wanted to practice it, but share it with other people and become a coach or an instructor?
1: Well, what happened was I started to practice it and then I thought I'll tell my friends about it and see if they want to do this. And they never heard of it. Um, A few people thought I was crazy. And they there's a lot of misconceptions about the method because it does stem from a religious background and it's also uh, there is an outdated method that's advised against which is known as the rhythm method so a lot of people assumed it was that and I was determined to still practice it and and to use it so once I found out that nobody knew about it I thought well I need to teach this because if nobody knows about this there has to be a way for them to know. And that's when I started to research uh, training institutions and where I could practice and learn from another instructor first because I wanted to understand the method myself. And what I noticed is that there wasn't anyone really doing it in Australia. So in Australia, because we use Celsius, only the US that use Fahrenheit. And my head was spinning because I couldn't understand Fahrenheit and the conversion. So that was another reason why I decided to train as well and to start to introduce it to people in Australia. Awesome. So
0: you mentioned misconceptions there. I can imagine you've heard all of the things when it comes to people not understanding how it works, thinking it's... A load of hooey and you're just going to end up getting pregnant what are some of the common myths that you would like people to to know to dispel those
1: well the first one is it's not the rhythm method which is an outdated method that a lot of people say that like grandma used and usually that follows on oh and she had six kids so it obviously didn't work. So the rhythm method is based on every woman has a 28 day cycle and ovulates on day 14. So I can tell you now that I do not ovulate on day 14 and my cycle is not 28 days. It actually always varies. Yeah. It always varies in length. I mean, there's a slight buffer in the time frame, like whether my ovulation is between day 17 to day 24. And then that relates to how long my cycle is so that's probably the main one that I come across as one of the misconceptions and and the other sad part that leads on to that is a lot of doctors they don't recommend it and it's probably because they haven't been trained in the method which I understand because why would you teach something or why would you advocate for something if you don't know enough about it and they obviously have a duty of care for their patients I always talk about having conversations with your doctor and how to overcome that. And that also happened to me, but I was still determined to chart my cycles, even though my doctor told me not to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can totally understand that. And I I get that too. Like every time you go for a smear test or a checkup or anything, they're like, they want to talk about contraception, which is great. It's good that they are having those conversations. There's hope that maybe in a few generations that maybe we may be a little bit more advanced in that and that the pill isn't the only option that they have to recommend to people. Because I know for me, I was on the pill for far, far too many years and it it didn't do my body any good, but I felt like it was the only option I had available to me at that time. And I'm sure there's a lot of other women out there that are in the same boat.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's how I felt. I thought there was no other option until it landed on my phone. I had to go and research it. And that's the other misconception is that we all ovulate on day 14. Well, the most common response when I tell people what I do is, isn't there apps for that? Isn't there an app that tells you when you're fertile and when you're ovulating?" Which is another topic that obviously we can't rely on an app to tell us when we are fertile just by knowing what day your period comes, when it finishes, and then when your next period starts, because that is the rhythm method. And that's why it's not successful.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't think I've ever ovulated on day 14 for as long as I've been trying. Me too. And my cycles can be anywhere from sort of 26 to 27 days to sometimes through to like 32, 33. And that's normal for me. So there's no way an app could predict how long this particular cycle is going to be and when I'm going to ovulate based on whatever's going on in my life, because we know lots of different things can impact our body's ability to ovulate.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, in, and the fear that women have when they see that their period is five days late and they're running to the store to buy a pregnancy test because they think they're pregnant. So when it comes
0: to charting for fertility awareness, is it hard? Obviously, you, you chart your temperature and you're tracking your cervical mucus. Is, is it more involved in that, or is it really as simple as just charting a couple of things and keeping an eye on where that is at in your chart so that you know when you're fertile and when you're not?
1: Yeah, it's really easy to start charting your cycles and, and to take your temperature at the same time and start looking at the cervical mucus. There can be a slight learning barrier when you start to look at what your chart is doing and there's certain rules that you need to cross-check to open and close the fertile window and calculate it. And once you get the hang of it, it becomes second nature. And I always say it's like brushing your teeth. You've created that habit. You know, if you don't brush your teeth morning and night, you feel different, you you feel out of place. But we are trained from such a young age to do that. So once you create the habit, like I cannot unlearn this now. And if I miss a few days of charting, I'm like, I need to get back on this because I want to see what's happening. and I can't not know what's happening because I'm addicted to seeing that. And I feel that that happens to a lot of people that you know once you get the hang of it, it, it the study says that you need at least three cycles to to learn the method, to give yourself that time. But in all honesty, some people take a lot longer than that, and that's okay. We all have different ways of how we learn and Sometimes we need more cycles to see what our body's doing because it took me a lot longer. I think probably eight to 12 months of understanding what was going on. And it is a lot harder when you first come off birth control because not only are your hormones wacky, you're going to see that on the chart and it's going to make the learning learning side difficult. So it's just making sure that you understand that, that it might take you a bit longer to to learn it. And that's totally fine because everyone's at different parts of their life.
0: I get what you mean about that habit and almost that obsession. When I first started charting my temperature, I was only going to do it for a couple of months because I just wanted to get a feel for what was going on in my cycle. Now I'm like, I want to know where I'm at. Have I ovulated? What's going on? And it's just, I'm a data nerd, but I find it really interesting and really insightful. And I can't imagine not charting that now because I really like understanding where I'm at and what's going on in my body. And when my temperature starts to spike and I can go, oh, right, I've ovulated. Then, you know, all of the things come in about, right, I'm moving into the luteal phase. I know I'm going to be hungry. So that's cool. I can start to eat a little bit more. Um, I know I'm going to start to feel a bit more tired. So I can start to slow down and all of that good stuff. And of course, if you're charting for fertility, knowing that it's now safe to, once you've closed that fertile window, it's now safe to have sex again. So I'm totally with you on that. I can't imagine not doing it because I, love having that connection and that understanding of what's going on in my body
1: yeah it's really awesome awesome to have that connection and especially if you are trying to avoid pregnancy then you want to have the data there because the sooner you close off that window the sooner you can go unprotected and then your partner will be off your back like mine every day did you get a spike?
0: Oh, I was just going to ask about partners. So that was good timing. So your partner's obviously involved and he understands what's going on and he's supportive of fertility awareness and all of that good stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I was really embarrassed to tell him in the first few times of meeting him and having that discussion. But he's so open. And that's something that I think as women, we are scared to tell our partners about this new new thing that we want to try and I always say you never know what they're going to respond so just try and see I mean if they support you in all other areas of life why wouldn't they support you in this area and I actually asked him questions to see how much he actually knew about the women's cycle and I was surprised that he actually knew a lot more than I thought and I said where'd you learn this from and he was like in school I'm like what school did you go to
0: well that's impressive I think too, obviously, when we're naturally cycling, when we're on hormone hormone and birth control, it's not the same, but we can be a little bit more surprised at how much our other halves understand and observe about our cycles and how our mood shifts and our energy shifts and all of that across the month, and that they are observing that, even if they're not necessarily specifically aware of where we are in a cycle of what's going on, they definitely notice the shifts and the changes. So it's really good to have them in on that conversation and understanding what's going on for fertility, obviously. Um, but even, you know, if they start to notice that maybe you're a little messy and they realize that your period may be due in a few days, that they can start bringing home chocolate and wine or whatever it is that you need in that time to get through.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like getting them aware is really important because then it can help them support you as well but it was interesting because when I met my boyfriend now I was already off the pill for three or four years so I was already cycling naturally for quite some time and obviously worked on getting my cycles regular and he actually said to me oh you don't really have bad PMS and that was taken aback taken I was really shocked I was like well I'll take that as a compliment but it just goes to show that when you start cycling naturally and working on your hormones that other people are going to notice that and I'm sure he's probably comparing me to previous females that he's been around so I thought that was really interesting
0: yeah that is a great compliment isn't it it means that you know you're got your hormones somewhat in a in a nice healthy balance and you've got a lot of good healthy progesterone in the second half of your cycle. Yeah that's really important. <laughs> so one of the things that I really love and appreciate is that on your Instagram page you often will take a screen shot and share your charts with people so that people can start to see what A chart looks like. And I know that recently you shared one where you were explaining that you are in a long cycle and you were showing some of those signs of my body tried to ovulate and then and then it didn't and then it tried again. I think it's really important that we we share that information and we have those conversations, which is one of the reasons why I always appreciate that. But I would love to chat about. What are some of the reasons why women may be experiencing something like you have with that longer cycle and maybe not ovulating or the body is trying to ovulate and it can't?
1: Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm on a really long cycle. I think when I posted that, I was on day 43. So I'm still on day 46 with no ovulation. Maybe today or yesterday, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's really disappointing when you start charting and then you see these things in your face, like we were saying how we want to see the data, but then I'm seeing the data and now I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Why am I ovulating? But I always look back and reflect on my cycle as to why, because a lot of my clients do say to me, why am I ovulating? And I'm like, the answer is so broad and so big. And the key word is probably stress, but Stress can come in so many different forms, and stress can affect people differently. Like, your stress might be different to mine. You know, you might have a sick parent, or I might have a baby that I'm looking after, like on different spectrums of the stress. And usually, I like to reflect back and see what I have done, or maybe there's something that I can change. Maybe I was slack on my nutrition, or I introduced a new exercise routine, which I think that's the reason because every time I stick to a calorie deficit or start exercising more than what I do, then I tend to have a long cycle until my body gets used to it. So that's something that I notice for myself, but it's creating that awareness. Why, why is that happening to you? Sometimes you might be on the other spectrum where you have really short cycles. So you're not getting enough progesterone. And you've got that really short luteal phase. So after you ovulate, you know, you get your period within five days.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? As you said, the key point there is stress and understanding the impact of stress, whatever that is for you, has on your hormonal balance and having a good healthy cycle or maybe having a cycle that is a little outside of the norm. And you know, our our bodies are wired to thrive, but if we are stressed out, then immediately it's going to shut down the the sex hormones and it's going to prioritize the stress hormones and keeping us alive. So reducing stress in so many different ways is so so important for balancing out our hormones.
1: Yeah, that's right. You said that the reproductive system gets shut down, which is the first thing that gets shut down because Whether you like it or not, all your body wants to do is have a baby. That's unfortunately or fortunate whichever way you're charting, it wants to ovulate and create a baby because that's what our bodies are designed to do. So if it's not safe because you're running from the danger or the stress, then it's going to hold that off because it's not safe right now to start creating a baby and, and bringing a baby into the world if it's a stressful situation. As someone who has had a lot of
0: stress in her life and in previous iterations of my life, I know how much that did impact my cycle. I wish I had the level of awareness at that point in time to be charting in more detail because it would be so interesting to compare then to now. So interesting. There's so many insights that you can get from charting outside of the, am I fertile, am I not? If you are, as you said, charting to avoid pregnancy or maybe you're charting to try to conceive. There's so much more that comes from it other than just those two things.
1: Yes, yeah, some people say, oh, I've got a friend that wants to chart, but she's not sexually active. How, to, how does she chart for her health? And I'm like, it's the exact same. <laughs> it's just whether you're active or you're not, but the same rules apply. So if someone wants to get
0: started charting their cycle and becoming more aware of what's going on for them across the month, when they may be fertile, when they're not, or specifically if if they want to come off hormonal birth control and start using fertility awareness, where's the best place for them to start?
1: The best place would be, well, if you want to come off hormonal birth control, I would look at supporting your body and your system, whether that's working with a practitioner, if you want to get acupuncture or see a naturopath and start supplementing because it can deplete some of your nutrients. So it's important to start building and restoring that. But then if you want to get started, you just need a basal body thermometer and then a way to track your data. So whether that's downloading an app or if you want to use a paper chart, some people still use paper charts. That's also an option as well.
0: Awesome. And I know that you use the temp drop thermometer. Do you want to explain a little bit about what that is and why that sometimes might work better than the uh, the usual popper under your tongue basal thermometer?
1: Yeah, so the basal body thermometer can be taken orally, or you can also actually take it vaginally as well. That's also um, helpful if you're a mouth breather because if you're mouth breathing, then that dries out the the mucous membranes in the mouth. So then, if you not getting clear enough readings, you can actually also use it vaginally. It is a warmer environment and it tends to stay that same temperature continuously, whereas the mouth, if you start talking or have a sip of water, that's going to affect it. But the temp drop, which is really good for people that don't wake up at the same time every day, because it's important if you are using a basal body thermometer to take it at the same time. I have used a basal body thermometer. That's what I started out with. And even just the slightest 30-minute difference for me was affecting my temperatures. And I found out that I'm a restless sleeper. So that's why, because I tend to move around a lot. So that creates a higher temperature in my body than, than usual. Because that's why we take our temperature. It's the body at rest temperature. So the armband's really good if you can't take it at the same time every day. So it's advertised for people that... Uh, um, breastfeeding, if you're waking up at different hours of the night, if you're a shift worker or like me who just doesn't wake up at the same time every day. So I've been using that for three years now. I bought it when it first came out and I love it. It's, It's a really good device. So you wear it on your arm, your upper arm. So the device sits under your armpit. So when you put your arm down it's pressing under the armpit. And what it does is it tracks your temperature throughout the night and it also has motion sensors. So it knows when you are at rest and then it starts to detect that resting body temperature. And then when you wake up and take it off, you can sync it to the app and then it will give you your average basal body temperature
0: That's so interesting, isn't it? The way that technology has advanced in the last couple of decades is, yeah, so interesting.
1: It's really good if you go to sleep really late on the weekend and then you want to sleep in. Like sometimes, like if I'm out having drinks, I don't get to sleep till three am, and then I wake up at ten, and that filters that out because alcohol can also affect your basal body temperature. That's something else to keep an eye on. Some people ask me, oh, how many drinks? And I'm like, well, it depends. Like, what are you drinking? What's your tolerant? Are you just having a couple or are you getting to that point where you can't drive? Normally I say if you're at the point where you can't drive legally because you had too much alcohol, it's probably going to affect it. So it's better to keep an eye on it. And then it's about learning your pattern, like, like what's your body's pattern? Yes, absolutely. I think that's
0: the key, isn't it? We all have different cycles. My cycle is different to yours, but even then, cycle upon cycle, they can be different. But over time, when you start to chart and you track all of that data, you can start to see the patterns and you can start to think, oh, look, I observed that happened there. Isn't that interesting? And you start to learn how some of those outside influences can impact what's going on in your body.
1: So, yeah, it's so fascinating. It is. That's why on the chart, you can also chart other things. So, People like to chart if they've taken their vitamins because that could be a reflection of what's happening in your cycle. And then you can remember that these are the days that you took it and then that relates to what's happening. For example, I like to track ovulation pain because I get like tingling ninjas in the sides of my pelvis and I like to track the left or the right and then I can see that pattern And the pattern was like left, left, right, left, left, right. So I don't know if one ovary was more dominant than the other and I was releasing more eggs from that side, but it was something that I thought was really interesting to track.
0: Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? It's not one of the things that I've ever charted. But now that you've said that, I really want to start (laughs) charting that and just start to pay attention. And yes, you're right. There are so many different things we can chat. It's not necessarily just about your cervical mucus and your temperature, but you can track things like your energy and your mood and all of the other things that might be going on in your life, your stress. Um, One of the things that I used to chart quite a lot was my anxiety. And I noticed that I would get really anxious at certain parts of my cycle. And so then I could start to put things in place to support myself through that. So yeah, you're not, you're not limited at all by the things that you can chart. Only by your imagination, really, hey.
1: Yeah, that's it. You can chart anything that you want. I Sometimes I screenshot what I track because my clients want to know what other things they can track. And I just say, well, this is what I track. Take what you want from it and add whatever you want to it as well.
0: So if people uh, want to get started with this, where is the best place for them to come and find you? How can they find out about working with you? And what kind of things have you got? on offer to support people with getting charting and understanding their cycles and their fertility?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. If you want to go have a look at my Instagram page, there's a lot of information that I share on there about charting. You can DM me on there as well. And also on my website, chartingwithjess.com, there's the different ways that we can work together. So I offer one-on-one three months uh, coaching instruction So that's why I was saying it's really good to work with someone for three months to understand your cycle. Sometimes people need longer. So then I also offer like one off sessions if someone needs to book and get their chart looked at, you know, six months later, what's going on? Like we've been talking about that one odd random cycle that you just can't get the information out of. And then also, I've just announced that I have a waitlist for my group course that I'll be launching on the 1st of February. So you can also join the waitlist for that to be notified when it's ready.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that we pop all of those links in the show notes so that people can come. In hang out with you on Instagram and yeah check out all of those other details. So one final question, I would love to understand what what does flow mean to you in terms of your business and your life?
1: Well, since I've been charting, I've discovered that everything is all related together. So for me to be in flow is being aware of what's happening. Sometimes you can't control everything, but it's being aware of that and then going with the flow and taking that ride because you can't go against it. It's only going to make things worse.
0: Amen. (laughs) It's what we're all about when we talk about embracing our cycles and living in alignment with them. Thank you so much. That was a really awesome conversation and I hope that it has given people out there who may not have heard of fertility awareness, a little bit more of an understanding of what it is, maybe piqued their interest. We'll make sure we pop all of your links in the show notes so that they can come hang out with you if they want to find out more.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and letting me share the message with more women to be able to chart their cycles.
0: Absolutely. I think the more women understand what's going on in their bodies, the more that we can embrace it the more we can change the world. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the With Flow podcast. If you got value from this episode, I would be overjoyed if you shared it with your friends. The more we can have open conversations about our bodies and our cycles, the more we can own and embrace our natural superpowers.